do 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 Time. Space. Reality. None of these things apply here. Come to a place where three people who have no lives talk about old television shows that barely anybody remembers. Seriously, who remembers some 1976 game show with Tom Kennedy involving isolation booths? I am Johnny C, and I am your guide through this month of retrospectives involving shows with people in a certain cinematic universe. This is It Was a Thing on TV. In the year 2000, Fox had just decided that they were done with the Chuck Worley game show Greed and decided to find other avenues to fill their programming in the summer of Y2K. One was trying to burn episodes of a Seth MacFarlane cartoon that was placed on hiatus earlier in the year that you may have heard of called Family Guy. Another was a new show about a bunch of guys who attend an all-girls academy. One of the actors on this show would go on to an even bigger role, which would give him great fame. And of course, I'm talking about Jack from This Is Us. Oh, wait a minute. He was on this too? Oh, okay. Yeah, the guy from the mystery date game. And that one game show network commercial would springboard from this show to replace Tom Villard as America's ass. Wait, Alice and Mac was on the show as well? Oh dear lord, keep the girls from this academy away from her Chris Evans. Episode 258, submission number 513, Opposite Sex. Opposite Sex aired on Fox from July 17th to September 4th of 2000 for eight episodes of an ordered 13. tell by the cover art and the special intro, we are kicking off Marvel Month! Yay! Yeah, because there's a certain movie coming out in the first week of May involving a sorcerer and a multiverse of madness. No, March Madness was last month. We're in April now. No, I'm talking about in early May. Oh, okay. At the end of this month, uh, uh, Benedict Cumberbatch and Elizabeth Olsen in Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. And some surprises. Ooh, surprises. Mr. Feige has loaded the night with great surprises. I'll give you a hint. One of the surprises involves a professor with the letter X. You know, Patrick Stewart's in this movie? Oh, they gave it away in the Super Bowl commercial. They did give it away in the Super Bowl commercial. We should tell him the truth. But we're not here to talk about Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. For are this we here episode... to talk about Oscar Isaac? No, we're not here to talk about Oscar Isaac. I'm sure we'll talk about Moon Knight at some other point in the future. But we are here to talk about... Uh, three guys at an all-girls... Prep Academy? The kids will love it. The kids want 2000. They're going to love it. That's what Fox was thinking in 2000. You know what? The kids, they're going to love this crap. They got Mark Silverstein and Abby Cohn to write this crap. And Mark Silverstein 
known for co-writing Never Been Kissed. He's just not that into you. How to be single and Valentine's Day. Oh. So yes, he has a type. Oh, by the way, his wife is Busy Phillips. Oh, wait, that Busy Phillips? That Busy Phillips. Oh, I can't wait for the next season of Girls 5 Ever on Peacock. Cannot wait for that either. See you never, boy. And co-writing with Mark Silverstein is Abby Cohn, who also co-wrote with him on Never Been Kissed, He's Just Not That Into You, Valentine's Day, The Bow, and How to Be Single. And co-directed with Silverstein the movie I feel pretty. Which uh, is that's the movie with um, God I forget. Is that the movie with Rebel Wilson? No, it's the movie with Amy Schumer. Oh, okay, that's all right. I got that. Oh, that's yeah. isn't it romantic? How can you confuse Amy Schumer with Rebel Wilson? Amy Schumer's talented. Rebel Wilson. Amy Schumer is talented. <laughs> I didn't say it. Wait, did Chico, I. No, Chico Nor- didn't say technically either, so. No, I held back, you see. Good. Because I am a professional. A professional. So Mark Silverstein and Abby Cohn create the universe of Evergreen Academy, a prestigious private school in somewhere in Northern California where that just literally as the series begins, is going co-ed. Evidenced by the fact that out of all the pretty ladies there, only three guys. Three guys! Three guys! That's a a heck of a ratio! (laughs) What, no guys wanted to show up? They could only get three? Hilarity ensues! Hashtag hilarity ensues. No, no, this would, yeah, you would think hilarity would ensue, but this is 2000, which means brooding angst and hormones ensue. Boing. (laughs) Woo! That's eugenics. Yeah, three high school guys at a high school filled with ladies. Yeah. Try wrapping your head around that. And they didn't even have to pull off a bosom buddies like Tom Hanks and Peter Scolari. They didn't have to dress up. They could just stay as men. Oh, nope. They don't have to dress up like women. They could just walk in like they own the place. You know, I do wish this was a modern day bosom buddies. Could you just imagine? I can't not imagine. Oh, and by the way, who's throwing up the first pitch at the Guardians game this uh, Thursday? Tom Hanks. Oh, that's nice. right. Yeah. Well, remember, he, 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 did, did, the, he, did, remember, he did the video. He did the video announcing the new name. But he is a fan of the team. Well, yeah, he, he really got his big start here back in the late uh, mid to late 70s uh, doing the Shakespeare Festival back, uh, like I said, like 77-ish. But, so, yeah, he does have ties here. Well, it's a good thing Tom is throwing out the first pitch and not Chet. Chet. Anyway, so one of the things that set this TV show apart from others is it was one of the first teen dramas, according to Truth by Consensus Wikipedia, to primarily use independent artists on its soundtrack by the likes of Elliot Smith and Ben Lee. By the way, fun fact, if you follow us on Instagram and you follow us on our Instagram stories that we archive, Ben Lee was actually the track we use for What's Alan Watching. Wow, I didn't even realize that. That's great. I'm a a big fan of Ben Lee. Big fan. Does he have stuff on Bandcamp? I don't know. I'm going to have to look. I'm all about Bandcamp. I got the Ripe CD from Best Buy when it came out in America. Because he's from Australia. Oh, okay. So it probably is on Bandcamp. I'm just going to have to look later. So, what is the story of Opposite Sex? Well, Jed Perry, who's a 15-year-old boy who moves to Northern California with his father after his mother dies, 
enrolls in Evergreen Academy, an all-girls school which has just started admitting boys. Two such boys are, actually the only two such boys are, Philip Steffen and Carrie Baston. The three get into a whole bunch of shenanigans, especially when the girls decide you will never be one of us. No matter how good you are, you will never be good. And if you look at the opening minutes of the pilot, that becomes evident rather quickly. Oh, yes, it does. So imagine Freaks and Geeks meets Dawson's Creek. So it would be Dawson's Creek and Geeks. Well, I guess it makes sense as one of the producers married Busy Phillips. True. These are facts. So, who is on this show? Well, this show, obviously, because we're in the middle of Marvel Month, has to have a Marvel actor, and we have one. Playing the role of Carrie Baston, one of the uh, two deuteragonists of the show, Chris Evans, a.k.a. Captain America. A.k.a. AKA the first Johnny Storm. A.k.a. America's ass. That's right, Mike. America's ass. It's not Tom Ballard. No, that's America's second ass. America's original ass is Tom Ballard, damn it. Sure, you're entitled to your wrong opinion. That's fine. Okay, so... Oh, wait. Kiss the- my America's ass, okay? Kiss my America's ass. Thank you. Well, hold up. Are we not going to talk about that one great thing that Chris Evans did in 2000 besides this show? Oh, yeah. Sometime between Not Another Teen Movie and this show, he did a bit of a commercial. Very small bit of a commercial. I believe we have that clip, didn't we? Botulism. Botulism. Yeah, I'm going to put literally one second in there. When he says botulism, because that's it. I don't think he's in the rest of the ad. That's it. He's just there. One that's second. it. That's that's him. That's him in the ad. Oh, and he was also in that mystery date game. You remember that's the electro- electronic dream phone? Yes. <laughs> he was in electronic dream phone. He was actually. I want to see. He was Tyler was. in the. Way. He was Tyler. His his mama calls him Chris, <laughs> but you can call him Tyler. And let's face it, if you don't end up with Chris Evans in the mystery phone game, you have lost. There you go. He is Tyler. In the but mystery play, game. It, it was electronic dream phone. Okay. Was, yeah. Whatever. Same game. Mystery date. Electronic dream phone. Who cares? It's basically the same game without the door. I remember when it was called Mall Madness. I remember that game. I believe Ben Minata Body the Archive solo played that game. And uh that it was that was that was an entertaining watch. But anyway. Oh yeah, the rest of the cast. There are more people in this cast. Oh, but the lead, we didn't even talk about who Yeah, plays. we're gonna talk about the lead right now because remember. Chris Evans only played the side character, one of the two best friends of the lead. Yes. The lead, Jed Perry, the one whose mother died, was played by Milo Ventimiglia, of course, of Heroes and This Is Us. So we talked about Mandy Moore's second husband on This Is Us. Now we're talking about her first husband on This Is Us. Also, Jack, Jack, don't go save the dog in the fire. Jack, don't, don't. Please don't. By the way, fun fact, Ventimiglia was the voice of Logan in the English dub of Marvel anime Wolverine. Oh, wow. So technically we have two Marvel connections. Yep. That's nice. Very nice. It looks nice. It looks sexy. Thanks, Timothy. And playing the third person in this hero trio is... Kyle Howard, he didn't really do much aside he, from... Actually, he was on, I'm wrong. He, he, he was, was on, he was he on was, My Boys. I was, just, I was just about to say, he was on My Boys. 
Yeah, do you remember My Boys? I remember My Boys. Oh, I remember My Boys. Jim Gaffigan was on that. Yep. Jordana Spiro was also on that. Yeah, she played the uh, a Cubs beat reporter on that show, I remember. Hey, you can't beat a bit of beat reporting. Beat reporting is probably the most underrated type of uh, news writer there is. Except if you work for the New York Jets, then you're a jerk. <laughs> Remember. And that, weekly... <laughs> and that was Greg's weekly dig at the New York Jets. Not the New York Jets. I'm bashing the New York media. There you go. Whatever. <laughs> New York Jets, New York media. Same difference. He was also in Love Boat, The Next Wave, future entry. Related, also a future entry. Gross Point, also a future entry. And Run of the House. What the hell is Run of the House? I have no idea. All I know is that it was on the WB. Only 16 episodes of the 19 order were aired. And there were four siblings. I have to see what this is all about. Oh my god, one of the... One of the siblings is Joey Lawrence. Whoa. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa. Oh you know, I was going to comment. So Kyle Howard may be a potential future Hall of Famer. Forget Maybe. that. I, I, I'm, I'm sorry. That takes the back burner to Joey Lawrence was on run of the house. Whoa. Whoa. Oh my gosh. Okay. <laughs> okay, so those are your three main men. Yeah, now let's talk about 200 girls. Uh, we don't have enough time for that. Okay, let's, you know what? Let's, let's whittle it down to these four. These are the four that they run into almost on a frequent basis. Oh, I can't wait to talk about one of the four. Okay, the first one is Miranda Mills, played by Margot Finley, who, oh, is, yeah. who is in D3, The Mighty Ducks. Yeah, she played Joshua Jackson's love interest in uh, D3, The Mighty Ducks, I believe. Mm-hmm. And was also in First Wave, Misery Harbor, and the, ta- and the episode Tale of the Dead Man's Float on one of our favorite shows, Greg. Yeah. The original Are You Afraid of the Dark? Oh, one of my favorite episodes of Are You Afraid of the Dark? Yeah, she was like a swimmer in that episode because that involved like a pool and like there's this nerdy kid. It was a great episode. She was like a cutie in that episode. But oh, what was it you were going to say, Chico? She also has a Marvel connection. Oh? Yes. She played Julie, Julie Power. In the 1991 pilot movie, Power Pack. Okay, what is Power Pack? It's basically the Fantastic Four, but loads more Canadian. Oh, I know what you're talking about. Yes, I think I know what you mean by that. Oh, hold on. She was in a wonderful World of Disney movie called Taurus Trap. And do you know who directed this movie, Chico? Paul Feig. No. Richard Benjamin. Richard Benjamin of Quark and Westworld? Yes. Oh, can, do you, can you believe who's in this movie? I'm I'm looking this up on IMDb right now. Paul Giamatti is in this? Oh, I'm sorry. What? And do you know who else is in this movie? Now, yeah, all right. Sit, guys. Guys, are you ready for this? Do you know who's in this TV movie? Taurus Trap. Ryan Reynolds. God's gift to the bone moat, Ryan Reynolds? Yes! God's perfect idiot, Ryan Reynolds? Yes, Deadpool's in this movie. Nice! Oh, and did I mention Daniel Stern's the lead? Unbelievable. Unbelievable the things I learned doing this. And, and... I'm sorry, I saw this name when I looked at the credits. And Julie Haggerty's in it as well. Yes, Julie Haggerty from Airplane. Yes. And and what's even more amazing about this, talking about Margot Finley. Yeah. Mm -hmm. 
The opposite sex is literally her last IMDb credit. Yes, because she's actually a lawyer in Canada now. I did research. Yeah, she quit acting and went to school to become a lawyer. That's right. So if we ever have a problem in Canada, if we ever run into a legal issue, we can call her. And then we can just look at her and basically posit the question that I failed to posit Chuck Wagner that one time. True story. Chuck Wagner was on my cruise ship. And I did not ask, aren't you the guy from Auto Man? Did you ask? You should have asked about zippers. Yeah, you you should have been like across like the 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 ship and been like, Chuck Wagner, zippers. And everybody looks around. And everybody looks at the guy like, "What the hell are you talking about zippers for?" Mike, are you suggesting for a moment that I have a Tom Bosley moment with Chuck Wagner? Yes. Chuck. Chuck Wagner. Zippers. Something like that. All right. So that's one of the women. And my mistake, there's three, not four. There were three. Oh, good. Okay. The second one was uh, Stella played by Lindsay McKeon. I remember Lindsay McKeon as Katie on four seasons of Saved by the Bell, the new class. That's how I remember her. That's right. Yeah, she, I do remember her from Saved by the Bell, the new class. Yep. She was also on One Tree Hill. Oh, yeah. She played the character of Taylor James on One Tree Hill from 2005 and 2010. Oh, hold up, guys, guys. She was on an episode of It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Which episode is this? Uh, I believe it's first season. The gang finds a dead guy. Yep. Can confirm. And she was on six episodes of Guiding Light as Mara Lewis number seven from 2002 to 2003, which means she would probably be in the cast with the lady who played Marina, who I went to governor's school with back in 1997. Oh, good for you. (laughs) Yeah. And the third lady is Kate, and she's played by Allison Mack. We don't talk about Allison Mack. No, no, no. We don't talk about Allison Allison Mack. Mack. Hey, Chico. Mm Mm-hmm. I heard about the next show she's going to star in. No, 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 no. Do I need to play the Lin-Manuel sounder again? She's going to star in a reboot of Women in Prison. Good night, everybody. Good night, everybody. While all of our girls make dates, Allison Mack makes the license plates. <laughs> Better forward your man. Where is Denny doing when we need her? Greg? Now, now you're she are in jail. I cannot That's- wait till we do women in prison. I have no regrets. I have no regrets about that. Hey, hey, you heard me sing the Marvel Studios intro in the beginning. (laughs) You know how good my singing is. And by good, I mean terrible. Yeah. (laughs) And then we have perhaps getting the dubious and blank as blank credit. Chris McKenna playing his father, Rob Perry. He was a that guy from that thing. But mostly, he was, what was he mostly in? He was mostly a contract player on One Life to Live in 1990. And aside from that, he was in seven episodes of 90210. The reboot, not the original. The uh, CW reboot. Yes, the CW reboot. Not the crappy reboot from a couple of years ago. Right. The CW reboot. The at least it's respectable reboot. Hey, it spawned Melrose Place, guys. 
Oh yeah, Melrose Place. Hey, yeah. you know my favorite Melrose Place related moment was What's that? That ESPN Sports Center commercial with Charlie Steiner at Melrose Place. Where he's the pool guy. I remember that. Yes. Yes. I remember that. That was great. Okay, so uh we have all the episodes. We're not going to watch them. We're just going to do all of the capsules here. And they're very long, according to uh, Truth by Consensus Wikipedia. Whoever wrote this article, they watched it a lot. And God so, bless them. And God bless them. Okay. Episode one. Pilot. Jed Perry becomes one of the first boys ever to attend Evergreen Academy when he moves into a new town. He quickly bonds with the only other male students, Carrie, Chris Evans, and Phil, Al Howard, when the girls, led by Stella, Lindsay McKeon, ostracize them. But when Miranda Mills, Margot Finley, a free-spirited sophomore, takes an interest in Jed, she helps the boys gain acceptance with a stunt at the annual Evergreen Ladies' Night talent show. And I'll tell you right now, she is rather talented, so... Oh, good. I believe she's the one playing the guitar in the uh, opening scene. Okay. So there's that. And I want to see if there's any uh, known commodities in this episode. Uh, We have Chris Hogan playing Mr. Oslo. Chris Hogan, of course, was on one season of Mad TV. One season. And by Chris Hogan, we're not talking about the NFL wide receiver. No. No, we've never talked about him on this podcast. No. No, no, no. Nope, 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 nope. And we also have Megan Faye, who was in eight episodes of Shrink, two episodes of The Muppets from 2015. Oh, that was... No, oh, that was a good show. I liked it. I did not like that. I I liked it. I thought that... Yeah, that version was good. I liked that. Mm, I it was a little too officey for you. Yeah, I liked it. I liked it. That's just me. I'm I'm weird. I'm what can I say? I, I'm strange. Chico, I'm with you on this one. Jesus H Christ, where has the Yankees thumbs down guy when you need him? She was also in the uh, future entry reboot of Family Affair. Oh god, now I'm thinking the, the reboot of Family Affair. There was a reboot of Family Affair, guys. Wait, what? There was a reboot of Family Affair. I'm sorry, the only reboot of Family Affair that I know of is that one skit from the critic with Marlon Brando as Mr. French. Buffy, Zodi, for your lunch I have made peanut butter and banana sandwiches. Would you make a sandwich for my doll, Mrs. Beasley? Yeah, sure. That's exactly what I feel like doing. Of course I can get together a little sandwich for your stupid little doll. Hang on a second. You know who played Mr. French in the reboot? <laughs> who played Mr. French? Tam freaking Curry! Oh my god! <laughs> yeah! Uh, okay, I need to ask, since I didn't even know this existed, was there at least a Mrs. Beasley doll? Damn if I know. Well, if you've seen the original show, that was like what... Who was the little girl? Was that Buffy or Sissy that always... Buffy was the teenager and Sissy was the... uh, Yeah, the little girl. And she always had her doll, Miss Beasley. And if she ever, like, lost Miss Beasley... And actually, I saw this uh, on Decades maybe about two months ago. If she, like, lost Miss Beasley, it's the end of the world. She would lose her ever-loving... Mine. Just buy exactly. another. Just buy another doll. She's not gonna know the difference. <laughs> I think that's actually what happened on the episode. Oh, good. <laughs> Hilarity ensued when Mister French was looking for a replacement for Mrs. Beasley. Yeah, so Sebastian Cabot trying to find a replacement, Mrs. Beasley doll. Oh my. Seriously, guys, I think this is the first time in 250 plus episodes we've talked about Family Affair and we've talked about this reboot I didn't know about until now. 
that we didn't even it's a know milestone. existed. It, it's a milestone. We didn't, yeah, even... we didn't even know existed. Oh my gosh. Hey, uh, first episode that's not the pilot. Episode two, the virgin episode. Oh, fuck. Good night. <laughs> Miranda's birthday party is approaching a legendary event where two virgins are sacrificed. Jed, the only one of the boys who openly admits to being a virgin, is naturally selected and his friendship with Kate, another suspected virgin, develops. Meanwhile, Carrie, who's been plotting his sexual experience, becomes the target of Stella's campaign to remove the boys from school. The boys discover that the school has a history of expelling girls with an unwholesome reputation, so they decide to track them down in hopes of gleaning some information that might save Carrie's place in Evergreen. So maybe they're a little prudish? A little prudish? For 2000, they're a little prudish, let's say. Maybe they're very prudish for 2022. Maybe crazy prudish. They're supposed to be these upstanding ladies of community, ladies of standard. Not no. ladies of the night. Thank you, everybody. I'm sorry. Nah. <laughs> Let me see who was in this episode. Oh, we sort of have a name here playing Dan Mills in this episode. Don't know who he is, if he's a student. Probably is because looking at his age, he would have been about 22 at that time. Is Justin Urich. Not Robert Urich's son, but Robert Urich's nephew. Nephew. Nephew, yes. Wow. We all know that Robert Urich on soap, you know what he did. He <laughs> everybody in town. He did. And he specifically, he <laughs> Catherine Hellman. And that means that Mona, at least that night, was not the boss. <laughs> 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 are you kidding me with that now no did, did you ever see the first season of soap i did i did yeah robert urich I, he got murdered like in the eighth episode but he was the tennis pro that was like in everybody in the uh the tates and uh and uh, i think the tates i don't know if it was the other yeah. family well he was richard mulligan's son in that on soap right uh, i believe so yes yeah but yeah, he, he, he was just like, yeah, he was taking care of business, if you will. And, and then obviously he ended up on Vegas and, and and everybody lived happily ever after. And, and Spencer for hire. You know how much I yeah. love Spencer for hire. Yep. Another oh, yes. couple of names on this episode. Uh, playing Nikki Stevens is Lou Thornton, who you would remember from the news. That's the news with a Z. Oh, that was very short lived. I remember that. Yep, and uh, playing Maya Bradley would be Garcelle Beauvais, the lovely Garcelle Beauvais, and playing, oh my god, playing Fort Union guy number two. Fort Union guy number two, not Fort Union guy number one. Number two. Yeah, number two. Michael Bauer. Do you remember that name? No. If I were to say Donkey Lord, would you remember that name? Oh my god, yes! <laughs> Donkey Lips from Salute Your Shorts. Oh, that's fantastic. By the way, R.I.P. Ugg from Salute Your Shorts. He just passed away. Kirk Bailey. Alright, now we go into episode three. The drug episode. Oh, the drug episode. <laughs> After the boys discover the janitor's stash of marijuana, the school hires a new drug counselor, Greg Tillman, played by Dax Griffin, to speak with the students. Remember, folks, this is 2000. Marijuana is still terrible. Jed instantly forms a strong dislike due to his good looks and the lust he provokes in the entire student body, including Miranda and Kate. When word gets out that Carrie is fucked up and he instantly becomes popular with some of the girls, he decides to play with his new reputation. 
Meanwhile, Phil runs an old faded campaign for city council with a strong position against drugs. So yeah, drugs. Drugs are bad. In 2000. Good. Aside from Dax Griffin, who is, well, Dax Griffin, who else is in this episode? Well, Garcelle Beauvais is again. And Chris Hogan again. Uh Uh-huh. They're recurring players. Play Rob's girlfriend is Devin Odessa, who is, um, I want to say she's a known entity. She's a that lady from that thing back in the late 80s, early 90s. Episode four, the homosexual episode. (laughs) Now, I got to say something. One thing I'm noticing about these episode titles is they're hitting all the hot button topics maybe the taboo topics uh, that would be happening in schools in the late 90s and early 2000s. Virginity, sexuality, drugs, now the homosexual episode. It gets a little more on the straight and narrow after this episode, but I'm just noticing that trend with the first couple of episodes we've talked about. Well, it's going to get a little bit, uh, let's just say esoteric, episode names come into play here. Anyway, the homosexual episode. It's Bow Down Week at Evergreen Academy, an annual tradition in which seniors select a junior to be their personal slave for a week. Oh, Jesus. Oh, God. That's... No. 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 That's bad. No. No. That's bad. What is this with shows, certain shows we do that talk about slavery? Why? This is bad. This is a recurring theme in this series. We encounter shows that deal with slavery. Why do we? Oh, you know what? I'm going to say this, and you can edit it out or bleep it out or do whatever or what have you, but I have to say this. Damn it, these white people. He said it, not me, but I agree. Chico sounded like one of my students there. Anyway. Back to the episode. Jed is picked by Jolie, played by Nikki Acox, an open lesbian who's been in Supernatural, Perfect Stranger, and The X-Files' I Want to Believe, and also recorded Red Velvet Room in 2015, who begins to show a strong attraction to him. Completely confused, he tries to work out whether he's just imagining it. Meanwhile, Carrie incurs the wrath of popular girl Cassie Shriver, played by Joanna Garcia Swisher. Oh, after, yes. after he leads a revolt against the seniors and is threatened with the mystical 360. Yeah, I think I know where Greg's going with this. I want to know where Greg's going. Actually, I think I do know where Greg's no, Yeah. Going. Last what? name, Joanna Garcia Swisher. Yeah. Married to former Yankee and former Cleveland Indian. Not a guardian, technically, at this point. Nick Swisher. Yes. Which, hey, did you know they were both on How I Met Your Mother? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Nick Swisher had the best cameo ever on How I Met Your Mother. He was the guy who almost ruined Barney's Perfect Week. He did. He almost destroyed Barney's Perfect Week. Tell me she didn't say there's no such thing as a jinx. Wish I could. You were about to achieve something so beautiful. Well, well, thanks to her, the only thing that could ruin a surefire hookup was about to walk through that door. A member of the 2009 world champion New York Yankees. Lily, I'm getting my own toothbrush. (laughs) But hold up. This is the second reference to Are You Afraid of the Dark in this episode. Joanna Garcia from season three onward was the token American in the cast. Yeah, that's right. She played Sam. She played Sam. Because remember, it was a Canadian joint, eh? Oh, guys, since we referenced Are You Afraid of the Dark, you know what? It was all about Dr. Fink. He was the real star of Are You Afraid of the Dark. He was the Tony Shalhoub of Are You Afraid of the Dark, Dr. Fink. Are you saying Dr. F- that show made Dr. Fink's career? Well, I don't know anything else Dr. Fink was in, but he was the Tony Shalhoub of Are You Afraid of the Dark. 
Meanwhile, I'm still trying to figure out what this 360 is. <laughs> What's th- it? I don't know what the 360 is. It certainly wasn't the Xbox 360. It wasn't out for another five years. Yep, and that sounds like something you would actually want to have. Yep, that. Yeah, I'm gonna have to uh, get back to you on that in a future episode. Episode five, the dance episode. See, that's nice. Oh, the dance episode. It's about dancing. Unless you are the old people from Footloose. Oh, God. There's nothing innocuous about this. Oh, yeah. Better hope John Lithgow's nowhere near her. Oh, boy. The boys wonder if they're losing their masculinity. As a school dance approaches, a rift is formed in the boys' friendship when Phil starts to pursue Kate, much to Jed's chagrin. Meanwhile, Carrie is humiliated by a student from the nearby military school for Union and vows to get revenge. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Hey, we have a pretty big name in this episode, and believe it or not, he goes uncredited. Oh. Yeah. Playing a character named Chuck is Zachary Ty Bryan. Oh, yes. Brad Taylor from Home Improvement. Oh, Yes. And, you know, one day we're going to be talking about Home Improvement because we're going to be talking about a trilogy of episodes involving our favorite, Tom Poston. What? A trilogy of episodes about me? Oh, no. (laughs) And, spoiler. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. One of them involves the Silver Dome. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert, it's the one that was featured in that episode of Abandoned about the Silver Dome. Shout out to Bright Sun Films. By the way, Bright Sun Films, they just released an updated video about Horizons. So I just I saw that. I saw that yeah. on the way home. Yeah. Michael Eiser, what were you thinking replacing that with Mission Space? Come on. Episode six. The field trip episode. Oh, this should be nice. They're going on a field trip. The juniors of Evergreen Academy travel to New York for a model UN summit, where Jed is reunited with his ex-girlfriend, Lisa. Just a note, Lisa broke up with Jed in the cold open of the pilot since it was not mentioned. When Lisa and Kate, Jed's current love interest, become awfully friendly with each other, Carrie persuades Jed that a menage a trois is on the cards. No, Chris, Chris, Chris Evans, what are you... Tr- no, 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 no. <laughs> That's eugenics. Meanwhile, Phil befriends some boys from Fort Union and sparks fly between Carrie and Stella. Just wait till you find out who plays Lisa in this episode. Who plays Lisa in this? The former Al Lambert herself, Christine Lincoln. Oh, from Step by Step. Uh-huh. Oh, yes. Oh, I loved Step by Step. Good follow on social media, by the way. Oh, she. Oh, I didn't realize. Okay. Uh-huh. I should uh, take a look. I should ask her, hey, Christine, what was it like to work with America's ass? No, I will yeah. not ask that. No. You'd do that. You would no. do that. No. no. Like, I... You would. Please. I know you would. Please don't. I would only do it if I had a burner account. And uh, Zachary Ty Bryan is in this episode, and he's actually credited this time. Oh, good. And and this is the weirdest thing looking at the names of the characters, because this is a UN summit you mentioned. Model UN. UN. And by the way, and by the way, I did a model UN once when I was 18. It is absolutely awful. Okay. so So, So who are you? I was a wreck in a model UN. Summer. Oh, Jesus! <laughs> okay, end of episode. Thank you for attending, everybody. Oh, my God. You know what? That's actually probably better than what I have lined up because I'm taking a look at the uh, the IMDB cast here, uh-huh. and there are at least five characters. They aren't identified as characters. It looks like they're identified as the country they represent. Oh my god! So, 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 exactly, so, that's exactly so, what they're identified. Yeah, yeah. So, as. so you, so you have a character known as Estonia. 
This sounds like a bad stripper name. Here comes Estonia on the stage. Now, now on the main stage, it's Estonia. Ooh, <laughs> no, <laughs> and then you have Latvia, and oh Thank my you, gosh, you have a North Korea. And, wait, wait, you have a North Korea and a South Korea. Oh, gee, oh, no. No, 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 oh, no, oh, no, 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 and then you have an Uzbekistan. Oh. A character name is Uzbekistan. I'm not even joking. Oh God. Oh my gosh. Uh yeah. That's one so... heck of a field trip episode. <laughs> yeah, buddy. Uh episode seven, the fantasy episode. When Stella gets severely drunk on Miranda's hidden supply of Everclear, just as the student body is leaving for a field trip. The boys, along with Miranda and Kate, smuggle her back into the now-empty school. With only the supervision of Greg Tillman, the drug counselor who they called to help with Stella, the gang spends the night on the Evergreen campus where Miranda asks Jed to sleep with her. What? What? Okay. I'm sorry. Boing? Sleep with her. Boing. Yeah. Bill and Kate bond in the school kitchens, and Carrie comes to Stella's rescue. Of course, Dax Griffin returns as Greg Tillman because, of course, he does. And uh, yeah, that's this is pretty much a bottle episode. This is about as bodily as an episode you're probably going to get on this show. And episode eight, the car episode. When he finds himself dating both Miranda and Kate at the same time, Jed is forced to decide who he really wants to be with. He chooses Kate, but shortly afterwards, she learns about his two-timing and breaks up with him. Bill, with his eyes on the newly single Kate, decides that he needs a driver's license to win her heart. Because hormones. Meanwhile, Carrie and Stella are forced to cater to a bad geek's every whim in order to keep their relationship secret. Having finally decided on Kate, Jed goes to extreme lengths to try to get her back. Why would you want to go to extreme lengths to get Allison Mack? Don't do that! No. Spoiler alert. This ends poorly. It will end poorly. Maybe they're going to extreme lengths to, to get her bail money. Oh, by the way, Chico, did you notice who directed the final episode of Opposite Sex? Adam Nimoy. And do you know why that's significant? I believe uh, he is... He is the son of Leonard Nimoy. Nimoy. Yes. And the husband of Terry Barrel. Yes. Dax from Deep Space Nine. Yeah. Ironically, he directed episodes of Babylon 5. That's hilarious. Well, wait, Walter Koenig was on Babylon 5, wasn't he? Walter Koenig and Billy Mooney. Thank you very much. So, yeah, Adam Nemo, skilled director. Very skilled director. He's in the upcoming In Search of Tomorrow, which is a documentary. Okay, that's good. Oh, hold up. Wait, 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 wait. In Search of Tomorrow? Yes, it's a do- it's a big documentary that has like a it's like um the definitive eighties sci fi documentary. There's a whole that- bunch of names in that documentary, and you know, hey, Mike, you're not gonna believe this. One of the people that's interviewed in that documentary is Melody Anderson from Manimal. Okay, no, no, wait, I, I'm just out of curiosity since I've never heard of this. Is this either a continuation or a reboot of In Search of? No, it's no, no, it's a documentary. No, no, it's, it's an eighty sci-fi documentary. Okay, but, because remember but, Leonard Nimoy posted In Search of back yeah, in the seventies and eighties. Yeah, yes, but I do know there is a reboot of In Search of. And do you want to? Do you know who's the host of the remake of In Search of? Who is it? Zachary Quinto. Makes sense. Makes perfect sense. Hey, hey, be sure you don't get slapped. Oh, my God. Oh, no. No. That's horrible, Mike. You can't see this. But Mike, on his Zoom background, replaced his background with 
a picture of Will Smith smacking Chris Rock at the Oscars with the caption, Zachary Quinto as Will Smith in the slap 2022. That's I love the timing. You mentioned Zachary Quinto, and I gotta show you the background. Oh boy. Now, when we do the slap, that is gonna be the greatest episode ever. Is it now? And and that is coming really soon, I think, right? In 2020, we're going to do it in 2023. It's one of the first episodes that we do in 2023. One of the first. Okay. But yeah, that's the show, and um, yeah, we never do find out if Jed and Kate get back together. Probably not. Probably not. And you know what? It's probably for the best. But what was on, uh, aside from the fact that this was basically one uh, gritty show about teens in a glut of gritty show about teens. Which were a dime a dozen in 2000. Yeah. This one was actually supposed to premiere in the fall of 99, but for one reason or another, it was put off until the summer of 2000. Just so they could burn it off. Because as I probably heard in the opening narration, thank you, Johnny. Remember, Family Guy was on hiatus in the second season. They burned the rest of the season two episodes in the summer of 2000, if you remember. Yeah, and I'm thinking of myself, because this was on on a Friday night. Friday nights were starting to become that dead space on television well remember greed was on a friday night so this replaced greed if i'm not mistaken right uh this did replace greed greg and post as we find out later on in just a bit no it did not in fact replace greed because this actually aired on a monday night on fox so there you go Uh, did greed uh just end its run yeah because i remember the promos for this during greed Okay, so Greed was on a on uh, Greed was on July fourteenth, and that I believe was the last show of the series. Well, hold then on, it, wait a minute, hold 7th, time, 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 then... time, 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 time out. Opposite Sex premiered on July seventeenth, so if Greed was on a Friday, this would air on a Monday. Yeah, it aired on a Monday. Opposite a TV movie, an episode of Big Brother. Back when you know Big Brother was basically the world format instead of Survivor in a house. Yeah, the season with Chicken George. We love Chicken George. We all love oh, Chicken George was the best. Oh, everyone loved Chicken George. Yep. Aside from Big Brother, Opposite Sex was basically the only actual show airing a new episode, and it did pretty well. It was uh, the highest rated show that night on Fox. Which isn't saying much. Well, because you consider the other show was Ally McBeal. Yeah. Wait, hold on. Was Millionaire wasn't airing on Monday nights at this time? No, it wouldn't be. Um, okay, so it would no. be. It was Tuesday. Was Millionaire at this point was Tuesday, Thursday, Sunday, right? Right. They didn't add the fourth night until the fall. Right. Okay. And it aired Mondays, not Fridays. Yeah, we, we said that Mondays. So. Okay, so it aired Mondays, and it just aired all of the uh, episodes. And it started out with a 3.6, which by Fox standards is pretty darn impressive. And then the second episode dropped to a 3.3. And then the third episode dropped to actually by then it would be airing opposite mysterious ways which i believe would have been uh, starting its run i don't know what mysterious ways is it's basically the x-files if it was aired on the family channel oh but that sounds like it's awful it was let's just say that title is telling as in the lord works in 
Oh, I get it. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, it seems to have leveled off in the high twos. It was basically uh, competing for that seventh heaven dollar. And since seventh heaven was in reruns. Oh, yeah. Go. It was making that syndication money for Aaron Spelling. Mm-hmm. Well, it's obviously not making that syndication money now. Am I right? Captain Will Decker did bad things. I have a line here from one of the trades. Carol Horst of Variety said, The show had a clever concept, sleek production values, a nice cast, and thoughtful writing for a teen show. Add up to the enjoyable opposite sex. Despite all the good things in this gentle comedy drama, it's hard to say who the series is aimed at. It's not intellectual enough for Freaks fans. It's too grounded for the WB crowd. Young audiences will have to seek it out, and therein lies the rub. Yeah, it's like, is this a good show? Well, you'd have to watch it. But good luck trying to find it, because Fox burned it off in the summer. Who knows why? And another writer, uh, Barry Garrett of The Hollywood Reporter, says, My so-called life and freaks and geeks have raised the bar for teen drama by providing keen insight into the awkwardness of adolescence. While this show is not on the same level as, and not nearly as cartoonish as Saved by the Bell, that's really conveys Jed's frustration well, but, and this is another critic saying, bad TV cliches overwhelm this show's mild promise. I can see that. Three guys, a whole school full of girls, it is ripe for tropes. Yeah. But hey, at least they weren't playing musical beds. Ain't that right, young Americans? But yeah, the, in a sea of teen dramas, this was one of them. And not even the music could save this from just being a face of the crowd instead of being the hit that Fox needed to compliment Allie McBeal at the time. Well, Allie McBeal would be in its last legs, right? Basically. Wait, hold on a sec. Yeah, well, yeah. No, Al- no, wait, in 2000, no, Allie McBeal would probably be at its peak. Oh, wait, wait, wait hold on, hold on. Was this uh-huh. when Robert Downey Jr. was on Allie McBeal? In 2000? Yeah, to, go, to tie this back to this month, was Robert Downey Jr. at this time on Allie McBeal? I want to say he was. I will have to check. So if Robert it was... Da- no, wait, no. Uh, wait. Wait, season four. What? Season four of Ally McBeal. Robert Downey Jr. and Ally McBeal began after Opposite Sex was canceled. Okay, so we were denied a window of having Robert Downey Jr. and Chris Evans in the same block. A decade before the Avengers. Oh, shame. Shame indeed. And the thing of it is, Fox ordered 13 episodes, but they only completed eight before the cancel order came down. Who knows when or even if the other five were ever finished. If they are finished, they're basically considered lost media. Yeah, probably. But, you know, this show was produced by Warner Brothers. So mm-hmm. who knows? Maybe one day Warner Archive will release a complete series DVD of this and we'll get a proper answer. Who knows? Yep. Warner hasn't made this streaming. They haven't uh, released the DVD. Uh, basically, this show has been relegated to the vapors of TV ephemera. If I'm not mistaken. Yeah, but you can find it on YouTube if you know where to look. Yeah. But don't weep for the cast of this show. Everybody's doing fine. We talked about Milo Ventimiglia being on This Is Us. We talked about Margot Finley being a hotshot lawyer in Canada. We talked about Chris Evans repeatedly. We talked about Lindsay McKeon we don't talk about Allison, Matt. No, let's not talk about her. Jack Nicholson gift here. No, 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 no. Everybody's doing fine. At the, at the end of the day, 
everybody has a career, but opposite sex was nothing on TV. Everybody doesn't have a career. Allison Mack. Now she's in jail. Oh, boy. Oh, my gosh. We walked right into that one. That was great. Okay. Hey, it's time for Not Even Price is Right. Oh. Oh, sexy sex time. Sexy sex time, y'all. Hit it. Oh, I hadn't heard that sexy Saxon forever. Okay, so this came down literally as we were about to record. Heritage Auction had a comic and comic art event, and it runs through Sundays. We record this, so by the time you listen to this, it's over. But one of the things that sold in the auction... Captain America Comics number one. Oh, so this is the first one from 1941. Yep. Oh, Cap punching Hitler right in his little racist punum. Oh, good. Good. Okay, I'm going to tell you right now, please make your bid in millions. Okay, millions. Millions? Millions. I love how Mike said it with the same delivery as zippers. Millions! Well, well no, wait. I, I do want just a little clarification. So uh-huh. we're bidding in whole millions, not like 5.2 million? No, you can do... You don't have to do whole millions. Yeah. Okay, all right, all right. Mike, you go first. Well, geez, if we're talking millions... Now, l- let me ask you this real fast, and if you don't know this, that's cool. Is it graded by any chance? Uh, there are only three copies at the high CGC 9.4 grade, and only one other time has one of them been up for auction. So they this is 9.4. 9.4. Wow, let's go for 3.7 million. Greg. I'm gonna I'm gonna go a little lenient. I think that's a little too high. I will go. million. 2.2 million. I was hoping you could say 1 million, Bob. Okay, so Greg says 2.4 million. 2.2 million. Mike says 3.7 million. The Uh actual purchase price for this copy of Captain America Comics number one. I'll tell you right now, it is now one of the top five most expensive comics ever sold. 3.12 million. You were off by about about five six hundred thousand, yeah. Yeah, five hundred eighty, I think. Uh-huh. 9.4 is a good grade. That's I thought it'd sell for a lot more than that, but it surpassed the uh three million mark that was hit by Amazing Fantasy number 15, of course, the first appearance of Spider-Man, which sold for $3.6 million. And that, that was actually the most expensive comic ever. Uh, Action Comics number one, $3.2 million. And then there's this. So, probably among the top three is Captain America number one. Oh, that's great. Well, guys, we did non-eBay prices right. Well, you know what it's time for? It's time for It Was a Thing on TV Haiku Corner. Oh, got to get my snapping fingers out. Oh, oh here we go. Here we go. Oh. All right, let's play that music. Oh. Well, uh, it's so great. It's You know, we hadn't taped an episode for two weeks. It's great that I had to hear this music again. It's been a long time since we played this music, I think. Very long. Okay, well, here we go. We got a haiku ready for this first episode of this very special month. Okay, here we go. Opposite sex? Well, 
What would Steve Rogers say here? Remote's on your left. And Chico is face palming in shame because he got the joke. Yes. Yes, I got the joke. And that's all you need to know. One final thing before we put some closure on this episode. In 2017, Chris Evans talked with The Insider specifically about his experience on opposite sex with Milo Ventimiglia. I want to do a little flashback with you back to 2000 because, as you know, your friend Milo's show, This Is Us, is one of the biggest shows of all time. Yep. And the internet has refound all the clips from your TV show that oh, you did right. together. Yeah, yeah. Look around. Isn't it worth it? It was great, you know. Milo was uh, far more experienced than I was. I remember not knowing what a mark was. I remember not knowing, like, when you show up on set, where do you go? Do you go to your trailer? Do you go to the set? I don't know how this works. Milo held my hand through a lot of that stuff. Well, that is a bit of an amuse-bouche for Marvel Month. Of course, we're going to have all of the uh, episodes eventually on It Was a Thing on TV.com, where we house all of the episodes. All the episodes. All the episodes, all the mini-sodes, all the live watches, all of our links to our social feeds, all the links to our friends at Place to Be Nation. Uh, I believe we have the uh, face of the... Just that, face of music, that is it. That is it on Wednesday. We don't have to even worry about anything else. And I'll tell you right now, that face of music episode got a really good response. It did. Yeah, a lot of people really enjoyed uh, reliving that show. And you know what I enjoyed? I enjoyed inserting that clip of Alex crapping on the Yugo. Totally unexpected. Totally unexpected. That was a good clip. But that show, if you missed it, we're putting it on YouTube at our channel. And while you're at our channel, please don't forget, like, comment, subscribe. Well, you can't comment. Well, well, you can't. Okay, don't comment because you can't. But like, subscribe, share, rate, review. Five stars only because positive vibes only. Hit that notification bell. But hold on. You can't five stars on YouTube. It's not 2007, Chico. It's thumbs up, thumbs down now. Okay, then thumbs up because positive vibes only. How about thumbs that? up. Like Roger Ebert. But yeah, also we are available, of course, on it was a thing on TV.com and wherever podcasts can be streamed. We are there. Now I can say it. Five stars only because positive vibes only. There. Okay. All right. But hold up. So we're going to take a detour. I know this is the first episode of this theme month, but we have two things falling on certain events that we have to cover. So the first, well, we got a mini set. We got a special mini set coming up this week. And guys, how do you make a tragic anniversary fun? Get Walt Disney involved. Oh, I wish Walt Disney was involved in this. Thank you, Bob Smigel, for bringing us this great gift that we'll be talking about next time, right here on It Was a Thing on TV. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you with that special mini-sode real soon. Row! On your left. Uh-huh, on my left. Got it. Say it. Don't you say it. Left. Come on. That's the joke.